If you're able to stand with us this morning, First Samuel, First Samuel chapter number 15, and I want to read a verse of Scripture this morning that uh, <clears throat> we're familiar with, one that I've preached from many times, but I want to preach on a subject this morning that I've never preached on in 25 years of preaching. I've never preached on this subject, and I want to use this familiar text this morning uh, to you to deal with this subject that God has spoken to my heart about this morning. First Samuel chapter number 15 and verse number 22. The Bible says, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence this morning, God, we come before you with a thankful heart. Lord, we want to thank you for what you've already done in this place. Thank you for the good singing, your presence this morning. And I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray that you'll give us liberty. I pray that you'll move in this service. God, do the work that no man can do. I know, God, that we can preach and, God, we can speak, but if we don't have that touch, then it's of no avail this morning. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would guide our lips, guide our thought process. Most of all, I pray that you draw men unto yourself, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to notice here in 1 Samuel 15, I know that if you have read the Bible any length of time, you're familiar with this text where Samuel uh, comes before Saul after Saul has has not obeyed God. And Samuel, in this verse of Scripture that uh, we have read this morning, uh, Samuel has a message for Saul. And this is a personal message. I thought yesterday when I was reading this, uh, these two verses, I thought to myself, how many times uh, do people go to church and really uh, they want to just kind of blend in, they just want to hide, or, and they really don't want the preacher to preach on their sin. Uh, they don't mind the preacher preaching on sin, just don't preach on my sin. Well, uh, what I see here in Samuel's message is that uh, Samuel has got a four-point message and it's just for Saul. He comes directly to Saul and he preaches that message to Saul. And you know, that's what preaching is supposed to do. It's not supposed to miss us. It's supposed to hit us, amen? It's supposed to hit us in order that it might help us. And so I see Samuel's message here. I see that when Samuel came to Saul in verse number 22, notice with me that it began with a great confrontation as he says to him, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Now, Samuel doesn't waste any time here. He begins to confront Saul about the sin that's in his life. He gets very personal with Saul and begins to deal with this sin. I think a man of God ought to preach the word and the word of God is going to get personal in our life. It's going to get down to where the rubber meets the road. It's going to confront us about the issues that is within our heart. I think the greatest danger in your life this morning and mine is that you and I come to church and we just don't listen to what God has to say to us. It's so easy to think, well, the preacher must be talking to someone else, but you need to look past the preacher this morning. I'm just a messenger. I'm just preaching what God has laid on my heart to preach. I'm not the authority in your life, but what you need to do is listen and say, what is it that God wants to say to me personally 
in this message because there is a great confrontation here. And then I see here that there's a great confirmation. He asked him, he says, uh, does God take a greater delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices than he does in obeying the voice of God? And then Samuel comes and he confirms what he told Saul the first time when he said, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. In other words, God doesn't, God may tell you to give your tithes to the church, uh, but if you think paying your tithes to the church is going to uh, somehow get you out of doing what God has said in his word uh, in other areas, uh, it doesn't matter how much money you put in offering play, my friend, to obey is better than to sacrifice. I find a lot of people today uh, that they spend their time running around thinking that if I do all these other things, then God is going to be pleased and he's going to be happy with me. Well, you can do all them other things, but if you've not listened to the one thing that God has put his finger on in your life, then my friend, all that sacrifice will not take the place of listening to what God has spoke to your heart about. And I've watched people come to church and say this, not with their lips, but with their life, that I'm going to go with God, but I'm only going this far. They'll say, well, I'll do all these other things, but I'm not doing this one thing. Friend, you've got to do the one thing that God speaks to your heart about. And I promise you the one thing will be the very thing the flesh doesn't want to do, but it's the very thing that you need to do. There's a great uh, uh, confrontation. There's a great confirmation. But then there's, uh, I see in this text here, there's a great consideration. He said in verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now those are some very stout words this morning and we ought to consider what Samuel is saying here when he likens rebellion to witchcraft and and he likens uh, stubbornness to the sin of iniquity. He draws out and he says, you better think about, uh, my friend, the sin, Saul, that you have committed. And so there's a great consideration. But this text ends this morning with a great condemnation. Look what the Bible said in verse 23 when he said, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Well, those are serious words this morning. When Samuel looks at the king of Israel and says, because you have not listened to what God has said, God has rejected you. Do you know every time we come to church, we expect God to speak to us and give us a word and then here's what else we expect. We expect God to give us an opportunity to make right the things that we have done wrong. Is that right? We come to church, we know the singers are gonna sing, we know the preacher is gonna preach, and when the man of God gets through preaching, we know an invitation is going to be given and there we're given an opportunity to make right what we have done wrong. We're given an opportunity to respond to what we have heard. But I want you to think about something this morning. Sometimes God has a message without an invitation. Sometimes God has a message without an opportunity. That ought to bring fear to every one of us this morning. I'm preaching on the most unusual subject I think I've ever preached on. I'm preaching on the sin of witchcraft. The sin of witchcraft. You say, preacher, what in the world does that got to do with us this morning in 2016? Just hold on. We'll get to the end here in just a few moments. But what I see in this text this morning 
is that Saul has had his sin. Saul has done what he wanted to do. Saul has even come to the place that when Samuel confronts him, he tells him, uh, he said, look, I'm right with God. I, I, I know that I didn't do exactly what you told me to do, uh, but I want you to know those sheep and those, those cattle that I have brought, uh, uh, Samuel, I just brought them to worship and give back to God. In other words, he spiritualized uh, and he tried to dress up and, and make his sin look very religious. But he told Samuel, uh, what I'm doing, I'm doing it for God. But the message really that Samuel had for Saul was not a message where Saul could get right. He comes to Saul and he said, because you've not listened to what you had your opportunity, Saul. Because you've rejected the word of God. You went against the light that you was given and you knew good and well what you were supposed to do. But because you didn't do that, he said, God has also rejected you. Well, we don't like to think that God deals that way. We like to think that we can just live and do as we please and when we have uh, reached the end and we have went against uh, all the, the preaching and we've get, went against all the, the truth that we have been given, I'm telling you, I, I, uh, we think that, that we can just go ahead and then uh, somewhere down the line it'll all be erased in the end. But that ain't the way it works sometimes. Sometimes the message is not come and repent. Sometimes the message is you've went too far and now it's over with. You remember when Belshazzar sinned? The handwriting on the wall to Belshazzar was not a message for him to change what he had done and get right. He had went too far. Well, this morning, I wonder how many people have just went too far. I wonder how many people have heard too many invitations. They've been preached to too long. They've been pleased. You say, preacher, are you saying I can't get right with God? I'm telling you this morning, if you can get right with God, you better run to this altar and you better do something about it this morning because you may come back tonight and it may be over with, friend. You say, oh, but I'm saved, preacher. I don't care if you are saved. Sam, Samson was a saved man, but Samson reached a point that, my friend, the Spirit of God left him, not in his salvation. He was still a man of faith, uh, but it left him, my friend, and Samson was as done, my friend, as anybody could be. He had crossed the deadline. He had went so far that God did hear his prayer in the end, but he died with the Philistines. What a tragic way to die. I'm telling you, I don't care how young, I don't care how old you are this morning, the sin of witchcraft can get every one of us. Now think about this this morning. Throughout the Bible, the Word of God talks about soothsayers. It talks about magicians. It talks about sorcerers. It talks about enchanters. And when you think about uh, witches, it talks about the witch of Endor. Uh, my friend, that word witch means a knowing one. It means that there was a mind reader over in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse number 31. It talks about them. It talks about my friend soothsayers. Uh, uh, my friend, uh, who were those? Uh, uh, my friend uh, uh, that was observer of the times. Uh, they were ast astrologers uh, or they were fortune tellers if you will and we still got people like that today what I'm saying is this is a spiritual book and in this spiritual book it is about God but yet Satan is in this book and though God has his servants Satan also has his servants and we're living in some very demonic times and some very demonic days I'm telling you God has brought it to my realization if he's brought anything to my mind that my friend these are the last days and seducing spirits and doctrines of devils are waxing worse and worse. Uh, this is the end time. And Brother Wilson, we are fighting and we are facing things today that is nothing more than demonic activity even in the walls of our church today. 
You say, what are you going to do, preacher? I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to preach you harder than I've ever preached it. I'm going to stand my friend firmer than I've ever stood in the end. It may not be nobody but me and her, but I'm going to tell you one thing, friend. They ain't no rolling over and giving in. They ain't no quitting me. One word I'm not going to use is defeat by the good grace of God. I'm just going to tighten up the belt one more notch and just blaze on and you can go with me or you can stay in the dust. Amen. That's just where it's got to be today. That's where we're at, isn't it? And brother, in this text, the sin of witchcraft is the fact this morning, we say, well, preacher, uh, why preach on that? Because here's why. Think about this. The sin of witchcraft, I think you'll agree with this this morning, it's devilish, isn't it? The sin of witchcraft is not only devilish, demonic, however you want to put it this morning, but it's deceitful. Those who practice this sin believe that things are going to be better. They believe that Satan is more powerful than God. They believe this morning that their way is the right way. I remember just a few years ago hearing a preacher tell the story as he got on the airplane. There was two women sitting there next to him and as the stewardess came by and was passing out food, uh, uh, my friend, as they was, uh, as they was, uh, uh, take, the plane was take, uh, had got up in the air and was headed to their destination. These two women, as the plate came by, they refused and said, no, thank Thank you, we're fasting today. And the preacher sitting next to them thought, well, they must be Christians. And so he turned to speak to them. And he said, I'm a Christian also. And said, I, I noticed that you said that you was fasting. And they looked at him and they said, oh, we're not Christians. They said, we're witches. And so we're not, we're not, we're fasting that a thousand preachers will fall this year. You see, my friend, it's sad when People in the name of Satan and religion have more dedication to what they believe than we that have the truth. When I think about it, it's deceitful. Uh, listen, the sin of witchcraft is, is, is devilish. It's divisive. It, it separates people. It's disobedient. It goes against the authority of the word of God. It's deadly this morning. It'll destroy those. It's destructive. It's damnable. Ultimately, it will take their soul to hell. It will destroy their life, and then it will take their soul to hell. But hold on just a minute. While we sit in church... I know what some of y'all are thinking. Why would you preach on the sin of witchcraft on Sunday morning? Here's why. Notice the first four words of verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Here's why I'm preaching on it this morning. Because everything that witchcraft is, God says rebellion is equal to it. You see, this morning, if people was to come into this uh, sanctuary and they was to have on, uh, uh, if they was to have their face uh, uh, powdered up in white, ash white, and if they was to come in dressed in black with, with a black robe or with black hoods on coming in, if they was to come in and sit down with Ouija boards and if they was to take their place in the aisle, I'm sure it would start a commotion in this church. Uh, everybody would look. Uh, people would begin to get nervous and they would begin to say, oh my goodness, some would say they don't need to be here. Some would say we need to pray. We need to really get a hold of God. We've got devil worshipers in the church. We've got people that, that are into witchcraft in the church and it would cause a great disturbance to the point that it would be very hard for people to keep their minds on the service and focus on what's going on. But yet at the same time, people can come in without the hoods and without the boards, but they can come in with rebellion in their heart. But just because they got a suit and tie on and they're toting a King James Bible or they 
they sing in the choir. Everybody seems to think it's okay. Hey, God said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Everything that's true about witchcraft is also true about rebellion. Would you agree with me this morning? As I said earlier, just as witchcraft is devilish, so is rebellion, amen? Just as witchcraft is deceitful, so is rebellion. Just as it's disobedient to the word of God, so is rebellion. Just as witchcraft is divisive, so is rebellion. My friend, just as witchcraft is deadly and destructive and damnable, so is rebellion, friend. I'm talking about the sin of witchcraft, God makes it equal to rebellion. While we may sit in church with our Sunday best on and say, I would never be guilty of sinning the sin of witchcraft, the question is, I wonder how many people today are in rebellion. You know, we preach it to young people, and rightfully so. You teenagers need to listen this morning. God places authority in your life. He gives you parents. He gives you a pastor. Those are the authority that's in your life. You go to a school, you have a principal. Those are the authorities in your life. How you deal with that authority is a reflection of what's in your heart and how you deal with God. If you surrender to that authority, that tells if you're surrendered to God. If you rebel against that authority, you're not rebelling against me. I want you to know that. You're not rebelling against your parents. You're not just rebelling against the principal. You're rebelling against God Almighty. Because that's the authority that's in your life. I thought about when I was lost. My dad was a drunkard, didn't know the Bible, didn't go to, uh, listen, didn't go to church. But even after I got saved at the age of 13, I knew that that was my father, that was my dad. He may not have been the best dad in the world. I love him dearly and he was a great dad to me. Taught me a lot of great things about life. But listen, there was a lot of sin going on in our home. But I remember after I got saved, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's your dad. Don't ever disrespect him. That's your mother. Don't ever disrespect her. And there was times they said things that I didn't agree with. There was times they said things that I didn't see it the way they saw it. But he was my dad. She was my mother. And I had that authority that was in my life. Even to this day. Listen, that's the authority uh, that I'm to honor them and that I'm to uh, love them and that I'm to be good to them. You know what that is? It's a reflection of how your heart is. Even in church. Sometimes in church people will rebel against the message. They'll rebel against the man of God. They'll get mad. Hey, listen, the man of God is just flesh. I'm just flesh this morning. I'm just a man. I sin like other people sin. I have to confess like other people confess. I mean, I have to get on my knees daily and I have to pray. But yet that's an authority that when God lays something on a man of God's heart, I remember as a young preacher growing up in the church there, sometimes my preacher would tell me things and I didn't always appreciate it. But he was the man of God that was in my life and how, had I kicked out or had I blew out or how I went somewhere else, I, I, know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt my life would not be where it's at today. But I'm telling you, just sitting under that authority, just submitting to that authority in my life, uh, my friend, it kept me in, in, uh, out of harm's way and it kept me in the right path, amen. You know what witchcraft really is? It's rebellion against God. When Satan fell from heaven, what did he do? He rebelled against God. 
We are never more like the devil until we rebel against God and the authority that's in our life. And I want to tell you, you can dress right, look right, spit white, you can live right, everything can be right on the outside. You can quote scriptures, you can preach behind the pulpit, you can sing a song. But I'm telling you, if you've got rebellion in your heart, God said it's just like Satanism. God said it's just like witchcraft. It's just like worshiping the devil. Because friend, if you're rebelling against God, that's who you're following. You say, but I'm saved. Hey, there's a lot of saved people that turned away from God and they started following Satan and it ended in destruction. It hung Absalom in a tree. It put a sword through Saul, even killed his own son. It put Judas in hell. I'm talking about rebellion. It put Ananias and Sapphira in an early grave. As we said earlier, it killed Samson. It brought sin, uh, my friend, to the life of Noah, or in the home of Noah. I'm telling you, friend, rebellion is a serious sin. It plunged all of humanity into sin. It brought death to Adam and to Eve and destroyed their older son. I'm talking about rebellion. It's serious this morning. And in this text, Samuel comes and he said, Saul, the biggest problem in your life is that you were stubborn and you rebelled against God in what he said. Well, when you think about it this morning, time would not allow me to tell you the illustrations, and I'll not bore you this morning with them, of the people whose lives are in shambles because they rebelled against God. I thought, Brother Scott, this morning, I love Brother Scott. I'm, I'm praying that God lets him move back here. But I thought when you stood up and you testified, I, I knew what God told me to preach. And Brother David, you stood up and testified. I'm amazed at what God's been doing to the point that it scares me literally to death. How long will God strive with people? I mean, God told me what to preach and I hadn't told one living soul. And I come in this morning, this man stands up and talks about getting away from God and the cost and the price of, of not listening to the man of God and what he says. And, and I, I'm just giving counsel. That's the only reason you would listen to me because I'm just saying what God says. If I ever say something God doesn't say in that book, then by all means, you're not to listen to me. But he was talking about that this morning and the long road of, of trying to get back in the will of God. Even though he is right with God, he has made things right with the Lord, made things right with his preacher, made things right with the church. I believe you made things right with everybody that you could but as he testified this morning the road back is a long ways and it's full of scars and it's full of heartaches and why was he testifying why was brother David testifying thanking God for his goodness and his grace but trying to warn somebody don't go that route you'll pay a high price it'll cost you more than you want to pay the road is further back than you think it is hey you better listen this morning you're going to get real trouble bowing up on God, bowing up on your parents, bowing up on the preacher, trying to deceive and trying to work things in and work things out. You ain't fooling nobody this morning. I told my kids growing up all their life, I said, be sure your sins will find you out. I said, God will always let me know. God always has a little bird. By the way, that ain't just for teenagers, that's for adults. If you got Roman eyes this morning, if you got bad thoughts, if you're doing things you're not supposed to do, you can mark it down. You're going to get in trouble somewhere. So God said if you try to cover your sin, you'll not prosper. He'll jerk the covers off of what you're doing every time. Hey, if you go off and whisper in a corner, God, listen, he'll sound it out somewhere. So he'll let the man of God know. Hey, Samuel knew what the message was. And thank God for a Samuel, amen. Thank God for a preacher that would stand up and preach. You know, it'll cost you some things 
to preach the truth. I'm telling you, you're not going to be popular. You're going to be cut sometimes by the very people that you love and love dearly. Family, friends, and others may walk away. But I'm telling you, friend, there's something on the inside of me that says just carry on. Just keep on preaching. I'm talking about, friend, that's what we need today. We need the truth, don't we? And he said rebellion is as. He talks about why is rebellion as a sin of witchcraft? Because it's evil. God makes it clear how evil it is. It's like witchcraft. Sitting in a church service when the Holy Spirit nudges you and says, you know he's talking to you. Sitting there and not doing anything about it. God said just as bad as sitting down with a Ouija board. So we have a way in our minds to, to make some sins worse than others and say, well, this isn't so bad and this is, well, that's really bad sin. But I'm going to tell you something. God has a way of looking at sin in a whole different light and God sees it as he it really is sin. And God said that rebellion. Hey, who was some of the worst crowd in all the New Testament? You know who it was? It wasn't the scri- it wasn't the uh, uh, it wasn't those harlots and it wasn't those uh, uh, publicans. I'm going to tell you who it was. It was that religious crowd. It was those Pharisees and scribes. Uh, you know why? Because they rebelled against against the authority of the word of God, but they look good on the outside, but they were living like hell on the inside of their heart. And what I'm saying this morning is, uh, is rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft because it's evil, friend. It's evil. Submission to self and the devil is rebellion against God. It's what kicks Satan out of heaven and, and a third of the angels. Rebellion is evil. Rebellion, let me say this this morning, is evident. He said it's as the sin of witchcraft and the sin of idolatry. I mean, you can't hide idolatry. You can't hide witchcraft. And friend, can I tell you this morning, you can't hide rebellion. You can make it look good. You can dress it up. But rebellion is rebellion in any form or any fashion. It's evident. When people rebel against God, they... They try to hide it, lie about it, or, or make it look like it's okay. That's what Saul is doing. He is talking real spiritual. And when Samuel drops the hammer and said, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, God has rejected you, Saul turned around and said, okay, for, um, let, let's go off for a sacrifice and let me make things right. And God don't work that way for him. When there's no brokenness, and there's no, there's no, and it ain't brokenness because I've got called or brokenness because I'm found out it's brokenness because of this reason I have broken the heart of God what I've done has grieved God and I love God so much that it grieves me that it grieves God that's the broken and contrite spirit that God's talking about I want to say in closing this morning rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft because it's evil because it's evident but let me say this in closing because it's expensive Notice the last part of this verse. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. I want you to think about this with me this morning. Saul lost everything because he rebelled against God. I think people play games with God a lot of times. They think that because things hasn't happened to them or they haven't seen things as others have seen things happen. They think they can go along and just play these little games. And when they get to the place in life when they're ready to really make things right with God, 
They're going to do that one day. Can I tell you that never happens? I've never met one person in life that played around with God thinking that one day when I'm ready, God, I'm going to go to that altar. On my terms, when I'm ready to quit doing what I'm doing, when I'm ready, when I've, when I've done all that I'm going to do, then I'm going to get serious with you. I've never met one person that ever had that happen. But this morning I want to say there is a lot of people that God quit talking to a long time ago. Brother George, there's people, they can sit in a thousand services. They can hear sermon after sermon, the convicting power, the drawing power of God be all around them. And they have, they're, they're, deaf, they're deaf to the voice of God. Because the truth is, if God don't speak to you, then you're not going to hear anything. You're not going to hear what I'm saying. There's people that I think went to the altar, and Brother David, they rode the altar, never to change. They've wept. God quit speaking to them. Right there in that text this morning, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. I don't know why some people gets opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and others only seem to get one or two or three. That's, that's, that's God's business. I don't understand that. But I'll tell you what that makes me think this morning. I don't know how many opportunities in life I have to respond to God. He may, he may be merciful to me and Brother David, he may give me another day and another day and another day. You know, Brother David, God was merciful to you. And can I tell you what I thought about this man? He said it the other day in his own testimony when he thought he was facing cancer. I thought to myself, Lord, would you please be merciful? He lived out of the will of God for some years. Don't take him home early. Even though Brother David's right with God. But there's consequences, as he said this morning. I asked him a few weeks ago, I said, I want you to talk to the young people because I think you can tell them some things that will help them. And I'm telling you, hear me, it's not just young people I'm preaching to today. I'm saying... It's serious when you're sitting in this service and the Holy Spirit nudges you and you go out them doors and don't do anything. I'm not playing on your emotions. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just telling you, if you know God put His finger on something in your life, then you must deal with it this morning. If you, you, must, you must repent over it. Not because of me, not because of anybody else, but you need to do something this morning because you know God spoke to you. Friend, if you walk out them doors and you don't do anything, it's not on me this morning. I've done everything the Holy Spirit would have me do. It's not on the person next to you. But it is between you and God. You say, well, I'm going to come back tonight and make it right. You don't know that God will speak to you tonight. You don't know that God will speak to you tonight. So I'm saved. He'll, he has to speak to me. No, he, I'm married. And my wife, she don't have to speak to me. And we live together. But she don't have to speak to me. Just because you're saved doesn't mean the Holy Spirit has to do anything. I wonder this morning as we stand, I, I'm not even going to give a proposition. I'm just going to say this. If you know, if you know this morning that God spoke to you, you don't need me to give a proposition. But you, should, you sure should respond while Brother David sings. Hear his voice.